This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. Hey, Truce Podcast listeners, this is Chris Steeran, and as you know, we are trying to raise $25,000 to support the Truce Podcast. Right now, we're at $3,800, which is a great start, but we've got a long way to go. Truce is the most original Christian podcast on the market. We're covering stories that nobody else is talking about, really important stories. If you'd like to be a part of making Truce even better, visit trucepodcast.com slash donate. That's trucepodcast.com slash donate. Thank you for your prayers and for telling your friends about the Truce Podcast. Again, the website is trucepodcast.com slash donate. In our last episode, we talked about the addition of the words under God into the Pledge of Allegiance. And we went into the upsides of political education through things like pledges. But we didn't really have time to discuss the reality that not everyone is excited about political pledges. In this Truce Podcast bonus, we're going to continue our conversation with Charles Dorn. His books are For the Common Good, A New History of Higher Education in America, and Patriotic Education in a Global Age. He also teaches at Bowdoin College. God is a genius storyteller, and the evidence of this is threaded throughout Scripture. In Christianity Today's new show, Holy Curiosity, with me, Kat Armstrong, we explore storied connections threaded throughout Scripture from the Old Testament to the New. Our first miniseries, Connecting Dinah and the Woman at the Well, welcomes experts like Drs. Tim Mackey and Diane Landberg to give us insight and context into the physical location and meaning of these two stories. These stories will spark holy curiosity in your own faith, because once you see these connections, you can't unsee them. God wastes no person, place, or thing. Listen and subscribe to Holy Curiosity with Kat Armstrong on your favorite podcast platform. Not everyone is excited about saying the pledge. And in many school districts, the pledge used to be mandatory. What that means is that kids were required to stand and put their hand over their hearts or before World War II, they were supposed to put their right arm out with a flat palm. Basically, the Hitler salute. You can probably guess why that was changed. No matter how you do it, there is a physical veneration of an object when you salute the flag. People are looking to a physical thing and ascribing honor to it. To many Americans, that is totally fine. But not everyone is okay with honoring an object. Here is Charles Dorn. So kids are, for the most part, not just sitting at their desk reciting these words. Um, they're actually doing something. And that is interpreted by uh, many uh, members of the Jehovah's Witnesses as a veneration of a flag. It's basically sort of praying to a false idol, if you will. To some people, saluting the flag looks just like that, like honoring another god. 
parents have to choose whether to go against their religious convictions or have their kids stand up against this practice. And so Walter Gobitis instructs his children, Billy and Lillian, to refuse essentially to, to do this, that this is worshiping a false idol and that our faith comes before uh, our faith comes before this sort of you know secular um, instruction in school. And so um, the kids are expelled and uh, the Jehovah's Witness legal team cooperates with the American Civil Liberties Union, which is an interesting pairing to pursue a court challenge uh, on the grounds that, you know, pledging the flag is an act of idolatry and it's strictly forbidden, you know, by the witnesses' faith. Eventually, the case reached the Supreme Court of the United States. And the court rules eight to one uh, that the school districts have the constitutional authority to require that the children salute the flag. This is a sticky issue. I mean, you can argue that kids should be made to salute the flag because it's unpatriotic for them not to do so. But then you get into questions of religious liberty, right? I mean, it's complicated. Even some Protestant believers are uneasy about saluting objects. It's not just Jehovah's Witnesses. Let's go back to Professor Dorn. It is an eight-to-one opinion. The majority decision is authored by Justice Felix Frankfurter, and it later becomes known as Felix's Fall of France decision because it's actually, um, by the time the oral arguments begin in the uh, Gobitis case, Nazi armies had essentially invaded Poland, swept through Belgium, cornered the French and the British at Dunkirk, and democracy, if you will, is sort of on the retreat um, to fascism. And what sounds more fascist than making kids stand up and pledge allegiance to their country? We're getting into questions of whether or not this is indoctrination because the kids are being punished for questioning this practice. And the Supreme Court rules essentially that it doesn't have that the, the Supreme Court doesn't have the authority to dictate what should happen at the local basis um, with schools. But Frankfurter says uh, in, in that majority opinion that national unity is the basis of national security. And so it's clear that what's happening in the United States and around the world at this moment in time is, is influential. Uh, unfortunately, what happens is that uh, there are Americans who interpret that decision as permission to essentially enact violence against Jehovah's Witnesses. And so, um, although there are debates about this decision on the editorial pages of the country's newspapers, uh, there are beatings, acts of arson of the witnesses, and there is some real concern and almost immediately on the part of some of the Supreme Court justices that, that this, was, this was a mistake. Um, and that it was a misreading, uh, essentially, of the law. And so another case is brought forth rather quickly. And this is West Virginia uh, Board of Education versus um, Barnett. And that decision is reverses, overturned. So just three years later, uh, overturns the uh, Gobitis decision. And this is a six to three decision and court rules for the witnesses. And... Um, the decision, interestingly enough, is uh, the opinion is delivered on Flag Day, uh, 1943. And so now we're at the, the height of America's involvement in World War II. And 
Justice Jackson will write for the majority in this case, and it, this becomes an often cited claim in this in this opinion that if there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation, it is that no official, high or petty, can prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or other matters of opinion, or force citizens to confess by word or act their faith therein. If there are any circumstances which permit an exception, they do not now occur to us. And so the decision is overturned. From that point on, kids have been able to sit out the Pledge of Allegiance. This is interesting in a number of ways. There are a lot of American Christians who get upset when people don't show their patriotism. On the other hand, we kind of go nuts when there is any political objection to our religious practices. Think about how ugly Facebook got during the height of the coronavirus when churches weren't allowed to meet. There were some big questions there, like do the patriotic thing and stop the global pandemic, or continue to meet and potentially infect a bunch of people because it's your right to do so. Obey the government or follow your conviction. Though the stakes are much lower, it's a similar thing when it comes to saluting the flag. As we'll see in the next few episodes, all of this gets really tricky. As Christians became more and more tied to the United States, objections to US policy became slights against the church in the eyes of many. To others, issues of racism, segregation, gender inequality, and any disagreement with the government also got tied to Christianity. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Should American public school kids say the pledge? Should Christians say it? Where is the line between religious liberty and patriotic duty? Comment on social media and we just may use it on the show. That's it for this Truce Podcast Extra. If you'd like to hear more, go ahead and subscribe to the feed so you get every new episode as it's released. God willing, we'll talk again next week. This episode was brought to you in part by the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast, an outreach dedicated to bringing joy, strength, intimacy, and purpose to couples seeking growth. Be sure to visit enneagramandmarriage.com to find your chemistry together again, or for the very first time.